That's right, you geeks. Welcome into the Echo Screen, the official podcast of the Clan of the Gray Wolf. As always, I am your host, the Commodore. Ding, ding. I can still hear you. It's a miracle. And uh, <laughs> folks, folks, I just I want to let you know something that, uh, you know, the, the show comes off most times. Who am I kidding? This, it, the show never goes off perfectly. I thought it, you were going to say really, it comes off the rails because it kind of does. Yeah, it comes off the rails every time. This time, it's it, we're, we're coming off the rails pretty much on a minute-by-minute -minute basis. So you're going to have to excuse us here. I actually am located today, not in my usual settings, but in a uh, secret underground bunker where the NSA actually cannot decrypt my connection. Um, therefore, I might be dropping in and out with you folks tonight. <laughs> but as long as, I, as long as they allow me to visit, I will be here. Um, and uh, Ed Snowden is not on the call, as far as I know. Anyway, um, as always, I am your host, the Commodore, and with me is the wonderful and the actual established in the place that he's supposed to be, Rue. Rue, how are you doing today? I'm fine because I'm I'm in my normal abode. Because you're in the because you're in the the stock digs. You know? I am. I have no problem with my internet connection. I, uh, I think. You know, you'd think something I'm like that. the situation. Yeah, I mean, it would be pretty ubiquitous at this point. We do live in the 21st century. Um, <laughs> But but in this secret underground bunker, which may or might may or may not be a residence in, the internet connection is pitiful. Anyway, they, they found you. They found me. They damn it. They already locked onto my connection. Um, damn those guys. Anyway, we are going to do a full blown show as long as the connection stays up tonight, and hopefully that will be forever and ever and ever. Um, but we're going to do things the way that we normally do. We're going to begin the show with our tids and bits section. That's the T and B. For those of you that don't know, and I'll have that's, that. You'll have that? Good. Okay. We'll, oh, we'll I'll take three of those, actually. <laughs> um, that's the por portion of the program where we talk about the news and notes of the day, things we think you should know, including today a follow-up from last time where we had the Convince Me show. Yes. About you trying to convince me to watch Doctor Who and me trying to convince you to watch Game of Thrones. Hold on. Before we even what? get to that, there's been a very important comment already in the chat about my uh -oh. shirt which you cannot see because you are in because uh, i because i you've been yeah. banished to the residence inn right gotta, may or may not i can either confirm nor deny that this is a residence inn just so yes. everyone can see yeah I, I am wearing a a donkey kong ghostbusters mashup it's pretty awesome and that's it now we can move on okay good so we are going to yeah uh, other than the shirts that we're wearing, hopefully you'll watch the show for the content. The Let's content see your shirt. Do... Let's see it. Let's see it. My shirt? Yes. Okay, here. Can you, can I, can you see the shirt? Can you see the Star Trek shirt? Oh, yeah. It's officially geeky, actually. I'm, yeah. I'm impressed. Okay. Yeah. Good job. Come on. I, I go all out here, okay? I don't know if you guys know this, uh, but uh, I actually bought this in the lobby at, at whatever this might be, may or may not be a residence in. I don't know. We actually um, have a few people in the chat talking about how they have started up either Doctor Who or Game of Thrones along with us. Well, see, isn't that cool? That's kind of them. Yeah, it's like it's like a it's like a thing, you know? It's great. All right, so what are we going to talk about today in terms of the topic du jour? It's the topic of the day. That mm. is what There you go. You'll have, I'll have some of that. that. And I am currently changing the topic in the chat as we speak to where is Sure. Of the video game universe, we figure we we normally do. So last year, I think we did the show nice. on the Fourth of July. This year, we're doing the show before the Fourth of July, but we always Third. like to spice it up a little bit American style, if you know what I mean. Um, we thought it would be a good opportunity to talk about kind of the shift 
in power, as it were, from away from the Japanese center of the of the video game universe that was in the 80s and, and 90s to more of the Western centric way things have come in the, I guess in the early 2000s into uh, the 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 uh, 20 teens and then where is it now and what's going on and how can we you know kind of take a look at that and, and probe a little bit deeper we're going to do all that tonight on the topic du jour and then we're going to get to the last portion of the program which people still tell me is their favorite which is the I, I, I maybe maybe three people have ever told me that by the way I don't know why I say that every time anyway people have it's a fact people have told me that's their favorite part of the show. It just might not be substantive. You follow me? I'm sorry. I'm busy here. I can't hear you over the sound of my freedom that I'm celebrating over here. Oh, good, good. Yeah. I'm, as long as as long as there's some freedom over there, then I don't really care if you listen to me. Good. Uh, can we just put up a freaking picture of a of a bald eagle or something? They, they don't even need to look <laughs> at us. We'll just talk the entire time. Well, it's I, certainly I'm waving my flag. I'm celebrating hmm. Canada Day two days late and with the wrong flag. Yes, that's right. Canada Day. Yes. Um. We're not celebrating Canada Day, but we probably will talk about Ubisoft, which does have a headquarters in Canada. So we'll we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Anyway, we're going to get to the question and answer portion of the program, which means that you guys can ask us questions about the topic du jour, about the T and B, or about life, or or not, or not, or uh, the environment that may or may not be the residents in, or whatever comes to mind. I want to know about this residents in. How's it doing? Do you really? Do you really want to know? Uh, I'm going to ask you a question about that during the question and answer session. Okay, well, they, listen, because you, you can't answer the questions now. Here's how you ask a question of us. You yes. don't have to wait. Please You have us. to wait to that part of the program. You can actually just see my name right up the upper-hand corner, right-hand corner, Commodore128, right there, as you can see. Boom. Just click my name, click PM, which means private message. <laughs> Thank you very much. Click on that and uh, send me your question there. That is how we so – I read them throughout the program, multitask and fail miserably. In any case, I try to read them during the program, pick the best ones, and we will ask and answer them by name, as long as the whole connection doesn't crash around us in the meantime. Yes. I would like to okay. make a technical point. Uh, okay. YouTube has slightly changed their streaming, whatchamacallit. Uh, we are trying to stream this is a little bit higher. Whatchamacallit? At, wow. Whatchamacallit. We're starting to stream at 480p instead of 360 yeah. So the stream, we're, we're trying it out to see what happens. One of the uh, things that happens, seems to have happened is that the stream is a little bit more behind than usual. So we'll, jittery. we'll take that into consideration uh, going yeah. forward. But that's what's we, going we, on we tonight. Picked a, we picked a damn good show to, to try out the new technical stuff. Yes. A, uh, just a damn good show it's for that. Anyway, folks. Anyway, let's get to it. Let's get to it. I'm, I'm tired of talking about what we're going to talk about, and let's talk about it. The TNB portion of the program, let's kick things off with last week. Or last week, last time. That's was, like a month ago, probably. actually. It was like a, it was like a month ago. It's like it's totally like a month ago. We gave ourselves plenty of time for this challenge, right? Which is a good thing because I totally watched it today. If any of you follow me <laughs> on Twitter? Good job. At it's the Commodore, you can see that I actually watched the episode this morning. In any case, uh, what did we do last week, or a lot of what did we do last month? I should say. Well, we had to convince me where basically I try to convince you to try Doctor Who. You try to convince me to watch Game of Thrones. Two yes. shows that we're both obsessed with that the other has not seen. So Not, uh, not Doctor Who flavored cola, but no. actually tried the show Doctor Who. Yes. Got it. Oh, wait, no, that was Doctor Smooth. Sorry. And actually, Silent uh, Night, we are now allowing comments on our Echo Screen Live YouTube videos. That's, that's, oh, that's awesome. Just asking. Anyway, Man, so would you I like, like to go first or should I? 
Um, you go first. I, I'm, I am itching to find out. Now, you watched the very first, the pilot episode. You watched the first episode of Game of Thrones, because where else were you really going to go? Yeah. It wouldn't make any sense. It's very highly serialized. What did you think of it? I rather enjoyed it. I can totally see really? why it would. Well, I mean, kind of unsurprisingly, really. Uh, you know, it's it's like the biggest thing right now in, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Walking Dead might be more. Game of Thrones is definitely one of those you know, non-network shows that has definitely captured the zeitgeist, you know, along with maybe yeah. uh, Walking Dead, in some ways Mad Men or Breaking Bad, things like that. Or right. Dexter, which I'm also watching. Dexter. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, no, I can totally see it. It, it's, it was very interesting uh, mm -hmm. because it is a fantasy setting. And you explain this, but it's hard, it's hard to grasp unless you're actually watching it. It's a fantasy setting, and at least in the beginning, there's not really much fantasy to it there's like dire wolves and stuff but there's like no magic or dragons or anything like that it's just um it's a uh it's like a machiavellian uh plot where there's like 50 different actors uh you know all with their own uh motivations and so forth and they're it's like there there's no real good people well maybe ned stark seems to be good but that might change yeah. who knows but yeah. you, you know there's essentially there's no real good people there's just people with their own motivations and it's just trickiness everywhere um right. and it definitely grabs you from that very first episode they're only an hour long uh yeah. so to the point to the point where i am now mm, five episodes in so. Oh, so you kept going. I did. So All right, I'm, well, I'm, I think that's good. You know, yeah. for my money, and I told you this, the, the first season is by far the weakest of the seasons thus far. Really? It, it is the weakest. Uh, the, I think you will find the second and third seasons much more gratifying. They are phenomenal. But the first season still kind of, it, it grabs your interest. And it gets, it, you are right now, I think, at the toughest part to follow because you have to get all the names right and everything else, blah, blah, blah. True. I, I would say starting right where you are right now is when things get really damn good, like really good. And by the, the end of the season, you're just going to be like, what am I going to do? Oh, season two. Bam. Uh, the funny thing is, is that there is a lot, obviously, to follow. Mm -hmm. But... Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. I haven't had much of a problem following it thus far uh, in That's that, good. you know, because they they seem to pretty well explain what's going on and give the backstory because there's obviously a ton of backstory and there was like wars fought previously and there's like seven different houses and blah, blah, blah. It's definitely complicated. At some point, I'm going to sit down with the Game of Thrones wiki and probably figure all the stuff out, but it's not nearly as hard to follow as, say, um, like Lost or something like that, yep. where, where you really didn't yep. need that wiki to be like, what were all, keep track of all the plot lines. Maybe it'll change as time goes on, but yeah. Well, so this is this is exactly what I said. That Game of Thrones is better as a television series in my mind than it is as a book series. Um, wow! Did you did you just fire your air horn? <laughs> my what? yes, my okay, good. My awesome Galaxy Note Two <laughs> fired its air horn. By the way, Samsung, I'm waiting for my product placement check. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that was scary. That was like okay, wow the. The, the Commodore Bell has been replaced by the Commodore Foghorn. I kind of like that, um, actually. Yeah, I, or either that or you were giving me the gong, like, shut the hell up about Game of Thrones. So, <laughs> move on. Time's move up. Move on, you asshole. Yep. Um, but in any case, I think the uh, I think it's, it's important to realize that I think Game of Thrones is better as a 
as a television series than it is as a book series because you can really follow the characters a lot more easily. There are fewer of them, mm-hmm. and they aren't just kind of referential. I started reading the books after I saw the first season, and it helped so much, so, so much. Um, um, I was actually yeah. – there's a, there's a question going on right there with Future Days. Is the first yep. season the most political? He's not much of a fantasy no. guy. He's not a fantasy no. guy most of the time. So basically what he's asking, I believe, is, you know – is this a is this a good series for people who are not into fantasy to watch? Yes, I think so. I, I would I think I would agree with that, just because you have a lot of quote unquote normal people that are talking about it out there. So. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, hundred percent agree. In, in season one, you got to put up with a ton of gratuitous nudity that makes absolutely no sense to the plot. I don't. Uh, I don't dislike that though. I, I, hey, listen, I'm a fan. I'm just saying, uh, if, 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 you're, if you're someone that's easily upset by such things, the first season will definitely kick you out uh, pretty quickly because it yeah, is just all over. The there's a lot of stuff. Season two, season three, not like that. There, it's there, but it's tasteful. It kind of makes sense. It's like a part of the story, whatever. There's even some boy uh, bits. Yeah. To go with the girl bits. So, yeah. You know? Something you know, for everybody. I, I mean, I'm not such a fan of that. I don't like the guy bits floating around. <laughs> oh, but, you, know, you don't have right. to lie. It's okay. That's so. It's okay. Why, why would you, hey, why would the Supreme you say that? Supreme Court says it's okay now. That's right. Wave, wave that American flag. Anyway. So, All right, so, so okay. Now on to Doctor Who. So I yes. now there's a lot more. I I st- I'm I was talking modern Doctor Who with you, but there's still a bunch yes. of different episodes. I ca- asked a few people on the Twitter verse what uh, they would have you watch as a as a first episode, and I got some really good suge- suggestions. But I eventually went with the 11, 11th hour, which was... Uh, five episode one, I think. Something like that. Maybe six. It was Matt Smith's... Six. Is the 11th Doctor's first episode. Yes. So it was a good... I thought that was a good intro point. I thought it was a solid outing. And, you know, you don't have to know a lot about what's been going on. And uh, the, a lot of characters are introduced. So yep. tell us how much you hated it. No, you know, I mean, I... So, so <laughs> I, I, I had mixed feelings. I had mixed feelings about this. So, okay. um so Doctor Who is, I would say, exactly as you described it mm-hmm. on the podcast. It is it is a quirky British show that's kind of written for a, uh, a mass audience because mm-hmm. it is. It's written for everybody. It's not just for sci-fi people, I think. Um, it, I dare say, maybe it was just this episode, but especially the beginning, it kind of felt almost like a storybook kids program. So uh, this episode probably wasn't very representative in that regard, but I'm not sure in in the UK how that might be taken differently. Like maybe it is more kids oriented in the UK. I don't know. But the point is, uh, there's debate about that, but I would see it generally as not necessarily. It was a li- uh, that's that was my perception. That's my thought. And as we kind of went through, especially as like the monster started coming out or the the prisoner zero or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, that's not a kids thing mm-hmm. right but it's but it, it kind of feels almost like so here you, you want to know the, the connection that i made right off the bat is i don't know if you guys watched uh, you maybe you watched the rl stein or the goosebump series in like oh, yeah. the 90s yeah okay you remember how like how like ethereal and cheesy they looked mm-hmm. doctor who does that it's it's kind of like it's unabashedly it, cheesy yeah it's unabashedly cheesy but it's also kind of not it's otherworldly it just doesn't it doesn't look. I mean, yes, they're they're in our world, and yes, they're these. You know, he's obviously going to these places and and whatnot, but that are in our universe. But 
it just didn't feel like it, it – the show is shot almost as if the people are kind of just moving characters. Like it's an animated show or something. Um, and the guy, the, the doctor himself, mm-hmm. seemed more animated in many ways. Like it was almost like he was a kind of caricature of what the doctor should be. Mm-hmm. Biggest complaint I have about the show is is the doctor himself and not necessarily the actor. I thought the actor was pretty good. The problem I have with this is I don't know what the hell the doctor is. Like, is the doctor Doctor like, who? Okay, Sorry. exactly. Is the doctor is the doctor kind of a hapless time traveler who just kind of fumbles through stuff and and just oh you know finds a way or is the doctor like the smartest man alive who knows everything and just pulls everything together and is just kind of acts a little bit aloof okay um, so i can see why why being thrown into it might be a little bit confusing so it, it, it to, to throw a little bit of the back story in and, and kind of what the character is obviously each there's 11 iterations of the doctor they each have their own yep. kind of quirks now okay. uh, this doc this particular doctor is a bit more of the kind of uh, absent-minded professor he definitely is yes. a bit more you know i'm sure you got that you know he's kind of yeah. like the you know a little goofy at times and, and bumbling but he socially awkward exactly you know. but he knows yeah. what's going on in the back of his mind right overall yeah. so so the the doctor is a time traveler obviously who uh is who has probably traveled the most of any he's part of a race called the time lords he's probably traveled the most out of any of them and he is basically a super genius, you know, so, right. so he can figure things out. He's almost like a Sherlock Holmes-ish quality uh, to the point where, you know, he, he can kind of pull random stuff out of nowhere. Uh, especially in this episode where it was like, you know, he is the deus ex machina, you know, he's oh, saving the day the last second. And, yes. Yeah. So um, here's here's the other thing I'll say. So the the closest connection I could make to an American series would be Quantum Leap. Right. Hmm. So Quantum Leap is about a time traveling professor who is, you know, incredibly smart, has, you know, degrees in all kinds of areas, you know, blah, 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 blah. But he's a time traveler and he's out to kind of right wrongs. Right. And uh, in fact, I I actually might I I didn't read a Wikipedia page, folks. So if this is in there, don't don't shoot me. But I would I would actually totally believe that Donald Belisario based quantum leap on doctor who just saying that would be interesting i yeah, i never actually thought about it that way but i could see that now that you mentioned i it. i'll i'll bet you dollars to donuts that's what happened anyway the point is <laughs> the closest thing i could tie to the doctor was was sam beckett from from quantum leap right mm-hmm. in quantum leap sam is the quintessential cool customer he knows what's going on he's you know he might not necessarily he might necessarily have control over the situation but he knows what's happening. He knows what his job is. He's trying to figure things out about the situation. But he knows what's happening. Yes. There's no, like, hapless professor about him at all. He's just thrown into crazy situations, and he finds his way out, right? Mm-hmm. And I miss that. I-, I found myself really missing that with the Doctor Who character because I just didn't know how to lock the guy down. And by the end, what that just made him was kind of annoying, to be honest. He'd come in and, you know... Get in somebody's face about you know, hey, you're gonna do this, and blah blah blah, and you're just like exactly what he sounds like. No, you're you're <laughs> shut up. You're wrong. I'm not doing that. Go away, you annoying piece of crap. And <laughs> you know, I, that's just. I'll be honest with you. Like you the show itself, you. the show itself didn't bother me all that much. I just had I. In fact, I I, I laughed out loud several times. I thought there were some very funny moments in you, it. You lulled. 
I lolled. You did. I lolled a little. I didn't raffle, but I lolled. Okay. I can accept um, the lull. Yep. No, no raffling happened. No raffle copters. Mm-hmm. But I did. But I thought, I, I, you know, maybe, maybe the answer is that I go back. Maybe we, maybe we turn this back to the Twitterverse, and you guys recommend a another Doctor Who episode I can watch with the, where the Doctor is a little bit more nailed down. Maybe with a different Doctor or something, mm-hmm. and we're more confident. And maybe I'd, I'd give that another shot. But I, I don't think I'll be watching any Doctor Who anytime soon. Uh, well, the beauty is that you got two other modern Doctors to look at. That I would generally say, especially Christopher Eccleston's Doctor, if you're familiar with okay. Christopher Eccleston at all. Uh, help me out. He's been in things. Uh, yep. I'm sure oh, you've that, seen that, that, that narrows it down. Yes, right? yes. Uh, yeah. But he was a lot more of a dark, kind of broody Doctor. At See, times. I can dig that. That's cool. I can. I'm, I'm down with that. I'm trying to think, uh, 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 people in the chat, what is a great Christopher Eccleston uh, uh, episode to give? Um, there's we a, can turn it back, too. We can turn it yeah. back. You know, we can t- let's, let's turn this into some, some post-show conversation, as it were. We're mm. running a little long on the T&B yeah, part of the program. Point. anyway. Everyone so, think about that. Yeah, think about that, and, uh, you know, send us a little uh, little tweet. Tweet, tweet, tweetly, tweet. Tweet, tweetly, tweet. Tweet. Don't you were about to say something very bad there. I know. Um, it was a British swear word. <laughs> and we're not going to use it on this program because we are female friendly. The point is uh, we need to move on. But I, I want to say one other thing. Since we last spoke, Microsoft did a complete 180 on what we were talking about last time. <laughs> the, micro, the, the Xbox 180? I thought that was yep, the pretty X- funny. Yeah. The, the Xbox 180. The Xbox 180, right? Yes. So uh, what they did was, I think... I, you know, I think probably the only thing they could do at this point, they were either going to stick with their guns and sell half pre sell half the pre-orders they they wanted to sell, or they could get back out there and and try to catch up to Sony uh, in pre-orders and then actually try to eclipse them later on. I don't know. I'm not sure how that's going to work for them. But the point, the, the 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 fact of the matter is, I think it was the only thing they could do because of the horrible coverage coming out of E3 by nearly every media outlet you could find. Was, they were pretty universally panned. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so I, I was a little surprised by this. What about you? I was too I, t- shocked. So, you know, now maybe I shouldn't have been because I mean, remember Microsoft did launch the Zune. Anybody remember that? Uh, yes, the Zune. Okay, so it was around for a little while. I wonder if I can it pick was one even up like Xbox cheap. branded, and then they were just like, "Hey, you know what? No," and they just yanked it. Right, it's gone. Like one day it's in the in the store, next day it gone. Right, <laughs> but maybe I shouldn't have been surprised by that. But I was shocked that they that so quickly. It wasn't like it wasn't like an ongoing conversation. They tried to kind of explain their way out of it. Didn't happen. So I, I was shocked that it happened uh, uh, so quickly. They definitely reverse field. They realized they had, they had a couple blunders in their on their hands. And what they really realized is that they had set up Sony to say all the right things at E3. Yes. Yes. Uh, what I thought was pretty amusing, and this is something that uh, Chris Kohler had addressed uh, over at Wired, was. Um, the the announcement from Microsoft was like the most. Uh, <laughs> it was the most. It was the most uh, kind of like uh, against their will announcement. You could you could tell it was it was very um, right. Uh, well, what I was what I'm trying to say is that like they're like okay fine we're gonna give you stupid idiots what you want but you're gonna miss out on sharing your you know right sharing your games across <laughs> right. platforms when you visit your friend's house you're gonna share it was, miss out on this and that but fine we'll give you what you want stupid it's yeah it's, it's like we're, we're we're taking our ball and going and play the other sandbox you know yes. it's like so it's okay like, guys 
Is it we something it. that it's obviously some people didn't really care about that very much, but I still think I'll tell you this. I still think that the the X the X Bone, I still think or the Xbox One Eighty. I think that's the greatest name ever. That's that that is X, that's the X Bone One Eighty. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the Xbone. We found this person with a Zune, by the way. They actually exist in the chat. Hey, there we go. We got somebody with a Zune. That's phenomenal. <laughs> Pond life. Um, so uh, somebody out phone. there still representing. I mean, you know, I got a CDI. They got a Zune. You know, whatever. Uh, CDI is probably better than Zune. Yeah, <laughs> probably is. And it plays CDs. So, you know, it's got that retro feel to it, mm -hmm. you know. But what does a Zune do in that regard? Nothing. Just sits there. At least it's not region locked, Nintendo. Anyway, the point is, I, yeah, I still, that's another, oh, we, could, we could do a whole podcast on that. I, I even considered that. The point is. The next one. What we also need to talk about, though, is I think that the 360, or 360, the Xbox 180 is, in my opinion, the most forward-thinking platform. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to win out here. Remember, I think PS4 was more forward-thinking than the 360 was when it launched, um, and that didn't bode so well for it. Um, but I think now Microsoft is, is to a point where they're like, hey, all right, we're going to have to be forward thinking about X, Y, and Z, but not A, B, and C, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe with that kind of a mixture, they have a chance, whereas before I think they really had kind of sealed themselves in. It's either like you buy a, an Xbox or, well, I, I won't say what I'm thinking, but, you know. <laughs> Go fly a kite is what I think they were probably thinking. Pretty right? much, pretty much. Yeah. And, and by the way, uh, thank you to Carrara. <clears throat> the name, the word I was thinking of about that Xbox announcement was uh, petulant. It was the most yeah, yeah, petulant yeah. announcement yeah. I think I've ever come, seen come from a game company in a long, yeah. long time. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, fine. You guys, fine. You guys, <laughs> just take your, take your game. With, no, fine. You're going to miss out on everything <laughs> we do. Fine. No, go ahead. No, it's fine. It's fine. I'll be fine. Um... <laughs> Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. That that was petulant enough. Okay. Let's uh, let's let's just kill this section. Let's just bang. Done. Let's move on to Getting the ahead. topic du jour. Yeah. Game over. Hey, this is it's America Day. Um, maybe a, a bigger gun is necessary. Anyway, the point is we are going to talk about the topic du jour, which is the center. Where is the center of the video game universe? Set me up. What do you want to talk about? So, basically, when we're kicking around ideas for this for this particular uh, podcast, we were talking about Show thing that we do things. Yeah. We're talking about how when we were kids, growing up in the eighties and nineties, because uh, we ain't that old. We ain't seventy five well, like some people. That I'm yeah. sure seventy five. Yeah, you set the generians. You take it. Take that. Yep. Uh, the center of the video gaming universe was Japan. Meaning yeah. that yes you had people in other countries like Europe and North America that were making video games, but the biggest video games were all coming out of Japan. Then right. Nintendo and Sega in particular, you had Konami, you had Capcom, you had Square, you know, Enix. All the really big games were coming out of there. And then there was a time in the 70s when I mean the video game industry was birthed in North was birthed in America, you know. No, not Nolan Bushnell. I'm sorry. Jeez, Ralph yeah. Bear with yeah. the Magnavox Odyssey, the first yes. video game console in 1972. And yes. then, yes, Nolan Bushnell and Atari kind of took up those reins, and they were huge. But then you had Pac-Man, you had Space Invaders, and then the Japanese invasion began. And a lot of the things that that Nolan Bushnell <clears throat> and Atari begin to publish are just kind of replicas of some of the bigger things that were already going on in Japan. Right, right. and and then obviously you had the video game crash. 
which I again stress was the North American video game crash in '83. Right. You know, right. everywhere else things were fine, but right. that crash in North America allowed for the Japanese domination of the industry. Everybody caught Pac-Man fever, <clears throat> and then you could sing that. Yes. No, I won't. Oh. I won't do that. I'm yeah. not going to sing Pac-Man fever. Anyway, um, and then yeah. And then, and then, somewhere around the turn of the century, then. around 2000, mm -hmm. uh, you started to see more and more North American uh, developers really Ridge start to... Ridge Racer! Yes. No. Yeah. Uh, was that, that was that time. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. EA, obviously. Yep. Uh, Grand Theft Auto, The Rise of Rockstar. Rockstar. Uh, which, I mean, okay, that's, that's more Western because they also have... Isn't that's initially a UK company, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. There's, um, yeah, because yeah. I think it was started with two guys. That's why they made London 1969, which right. was the, the the clamp on to uh, GTA 2. But yeah, so British studio, mm -hmm. but still Rockstar, Western outside. Rocks, yeah, right, totally. Uh, it, and then of course Western. Microsoft enters with the uh, with the Xbox. So Bungie, Bung so Bungie was huge and is big with that. Uh, Rareware, Rareware was was uh, obviously bought by Microsoft as well. That was UK studio, the yeah. UK developer that uh, took. I mean, had huge dominance in the late '90s and, and into the early 2000s. Uh, and then Bethesda, mm -hmm. uh, with kind of redefining the RPG with all of the um, Elder Scroll series, so on and so forth. Activision, Activision. You know, really, there's actually a lot of American developers that kind of funnel underneath to some of the bigger conglomerates like EA, mm -hmm. like Activision, because a lot of those, you know, like Raven, like all these different software companies, id, I mean, we're leaving oh, yeah. out id. Right? Oh, of course. And um, it, but the point is, it's gotten to it's gotten to the point, And we actually checked last year at this time. Uh, the worldwide top grossing games, top grossing video games, and it's like the top 10, maybe one was developed in Japan. The rest were mostly North America, uh, okay. a few in Europe. Yeah. Uh, and it's to the point now, there's news that just came out that the Xbone 180 will yep. not be released in Japan uh, e even close. It'll be next year. It's yeah, a 2014. Tier, it's a tier two country to Microsoft. Yes, it is. Granted, because no one buys their stuff, but still, right, I mean, it, it's a, it's an interesting point. And if yes, they could sell something there, it probably wouldn't be. But hey, by the way, awesome article that I, I should post out there. I think I posted about it before in the past, but yes, um, it, it is an amazing. There's an amazing article. I'm, I'm trying to think who did it. Um, Anyway, I, I will find the link and I will put this uh, it, it up on the site so you guys can see this. But there's a great article about all the mistakes Microsoft made in Japan in the late 90s and then into the early 2000s that really crushed any hopes the Xbox had. The original Xbox. I, I'm so used to calling it the Xbox One, but I can't do that anymore. The original Xbox um, and why it was such a terrible seller in Japan. So so probably one of the best reads I've, I've had in a, in a long time in terms of video game. You guys got to check it out. I'll send out the link. You guys should totally be on top of that. Okay. But by the way, how could we even forget Epic? And Epic Games, right? Yeah. I mean, well, I don't know how you could because you're right down the street. But anyway, the yeah. point is... And 38 uh, Studios. I mean, oh, wait. Ooh. Oh, yeah. 38 Studios the, the, <laughs> the, and the games. I that, mean, the point is, is that we're, as we're talking, you have people in the chat that are just coming up with more and more of these big right. North American studios, and they're more and more growing. North American or so, at least Western. Yeah, Western. And so it's becoming more Western. 
you know, right. uh, the, the most popular, the most uh, highly rated games are coming out of the West now, whereas for two decades they were coming out of the East. And you've seen a lot of companies like uh, uh, Square Enix especially struggling right. with, with, I mean, Final Fantasy XIV Square was Enix, a debacle. Capcom, Konami. Oh, God, poor Capcom. I, I, it's like so, you go through the, the, the who's who of video game development 20 years ago. And it looks like the, you know, the bottom of the barrel list right now. Mm-hmm. Hits for them are in the low six figures versus, you know, the seven figure range for most big hits, classic, you know, triple A titles uh, that come out today. And, you know, oh, I'm sorry, we're, we're telling a story here. So keep going. Progress. Uh, and so, so, so to finally bring it to the actual question is going forward. Can we expect this to be the way things are? Is the center of the video game universe, world, whatever, it's going to stay in the West? Do we yeah. think it's going to switch back to the East? A lot of people seem to be excited about Final Fantasy XV, yeah. not to mention some of these other games that are coming out, such as Xenoblade Chronicles and things like that. Factor Five is still a great uh, per- per- perpetrator, you know what I'm trying to say, of JRPGs yeah, gotcha. uh, yeah. with uh, Nino Kuni that came out. was yeah. highly, highly rated. You know, yep. Nintendo's still going. Their their Mario games, their Zelda games will still sell a buttload. They're they're the poster child, man. I mean, they are rocking and rolling. Sure. Um, and that, they can't yeah. they can't seem to sell much hardware these days, but they're selling lots of games, which yeah. is good. Yeah. So so the point is, is that will it swing back to the east? Will it stay in the west? Or is there a new normal where there really is no center? There is no one region of the of the planet that is going to dominate video game production from now on. It's just there's too many studios everywhere across the planet. You don't know where the next big hit's going to come from. Well, and I think that that brings us to to another point that that needs to be made before we answer the question, which is that the balance of power has also shifted in regard to the the independent developers, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a you very know, important point. You know, Minecraft changes so many things about what it means to have a hit, right? So they just had 11 they just hit 11 million people that have bought the game on PC alone, right? Mm-hmm. That is a tremendous number, right? And doesn't look to be slowing down because Minecraft gets keeps <clears throat> getting kind of, you know, ported out to pretty much every platform. You can play it on your Android now, you can, yeah, whatever, right? Um millions of people is, bought it on Xbox uh, 360. Yes, it's They're huge. Buy it again on the Xbox One. I see kids walking around with it on iPads. Yes, you know. Yes, I, so Minecraft changes the game. You know, there were definitely indie hits before Minecraft, and there will definitely be a lot of indie hits after Minecraft. But Minecraft is kind of the gold standard, right? And when something like that happens, something that is so seismic that the entire industry feels it, you know, everybody asks themselves, "Well, what happens now?" Right. What do we do? Can we continue to make, you know, look at somebody like Sony that's making Planet Side now, which is going to be free to play. Right. I mean, in some ways, they're trying to hit so many more markets than they used to to try to bring all this stuff together and attract so many more gamers to their games than they could before. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think with with there being no center of gravity there and there being, you know, you see independent games, just just go onto your phone, hit the, you know, Android market or, or the, the uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, app mar- the app store on your, your iPhone and just pop right in there and look at the sea of apps 
that do not originate either from the United States or from the West. It, it's yep. so many Eastern developed apps well, well, that are on the top 10. West, East, and in between. Uh, right. Um, what some might consider, I don't mean this derogatorily, but third world, third world meaning sure. not not uh you know the traditional US, it's like silicon US valley you sphere have, you have, of influence and yeah. the eastern sphere of influence you have you have somebody in the garage coding a game and making a profit it's right. like it's in some ways it's like the old computer clubs of the of the late 70s and early 80s right? yes and that's something that carrara and both indie game searchlight were were noting you have a lot of uh pretty big games coming out of places like uh, spain yeah south africa iran iran right that's crazy i mean places where the free download of those apps in many cases is strictly forbidden slash illegal yeah yet they can be developed and sold in other countries i mean it's 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 incredible the the, the lines of business that get opened up um by virtue of that i say all that good topic good, good conversation to have but it, i we say all of this to make a different point which is i think the balance of power has definitely shifted i don't see it shifting back east no i, I don't see that happening you know the other reason that that xbox if Xbox could sell and uh, could sell, if Microsoft could sell an Xbox in Japan, it wouldn't be a tier two market for them. Mm -hmm. But to bolster their position a little bit, Japan was used to be the largest video game market in the world, right? Mm -hmm. By far, by a lot, and on a per capita basis, it probably still is, to be honest. But in terms of sheer numbers, it doesn't even come close anymore, right? The United States is the largest gaming market, or North America, sorry. North America is, sorry Canadians, the, North America is the largest video game market in the world we love you. With, Europe, with Europe being number two and Japan being a distant, distant third, right? And you know, you have all these other places like China, Korea, where RPGs are taking off like crazy MMOs are just so huge there, right? Where everyone and their mother has an MMO and it's like, how, when do we reach saturation? It seems like they can't reach saturation there where we've already kind of seen saturation in the West. I just don't see that is not a formula for the, the balance of power to shift back to the East. Right. I would I would agree. Um, and <clears throat> I think it's important to note uh, that Japan, J Japanese games are always very popular in Japan. And we have to we have to just call a spade a spade. Japan's a very insular country. Yes. You know, they're yes. very, very Japan-centric. You know, it's something like, yes. what, 97% of the people in, Jap in Japan are Japanese. You know, yes. they, they, you know, uh, if you're not from Japan, you're an outsider. And that's, right. I, I, I would say that's probably one of the big reasons why Xbox does not do well there. It's an, uh, I agree. It, it's an invader, you know. Absolutely. And I think, I don't think it's going to change for the, for, the, for the foreseeable future. So, no, I don't think so Japan's its own thing. The rest of the world still consumes Japanese games, but not nearly as so solidly as it used to. It's, taking, it's a niche. It's taking from everywhere now. Yeah, it, it, it's a niche now. And I mean, there are some very, very obviously some very solid games that are made by Japanese developers. You know, look no farther than you know Ko uh, Kojima, and look no farther. You know, uh, for so I don't know if any of you played Dragon's Dogma, for example, from Capcom. You know, is it a masterpiece? No, but you know what? It's really good. They're making another one, and I bet it's going to be a hell of a lot better. Um, definitely worth your time. And it's a game that got completely and totally covered up because it didn't sell anywhere near outside of Japan. You know what it did there. 
Right. Uh, uh, it, not because it was a bad game, but because it really just, even though it was a very Western, it was Capcom trying to make a Western kind of game, they still made a Japanese game. It's just what happened. So, so Red Mage and Chrysalis are both bringing up handheld gaming. Yeah. Uh, and they distinguish it from mobile gaming, which I find yep. interesting. Uh, it's split hairs, but I'll give you that. Okay, a lot, a lot of people put them together nowadays. Uh, yep. They say that for handheld gaming, meaning specific handheld uh, consoles that are specifically play games and don't do much else, although it's kind of changing, you go to Japan for right. your PSP, for your 3DS. Japan still makes the best games for it. Yes. And I think that's probably safe to say right now. The yes. thing is, is that... I don't think you can really separate that from mobile gaming very much longer. You have... Oh, I agree. Because may, maybe... Definitely 10 years ago, maybe even 5 years ago. But the thing is, when you have your 3DS or your PSP, and it has internet access, it has, you know, plays media, has SD cards, or etc., cetera, etc., cetera, digital yeah. downloads. Cloud access, exactly, yeah. It, it, yep. it is, in very many ways... Just like a, a smartphone without the phone, or in some ways, it, it kind of is like the phone. I mean, you you can yeah. use a three G data plan with your. It's like Vita. what's the difference? What's the difference between an iPhone and an iTouch? Uh, it doesn't have a phone. phone. Yeah, a phone mechanism and about four hundred dollars. Right. You know, and all these yeah. things have touch screens now. That's that's the way mobile uh, go handheld and a giant freaking goes. battery. But yeah, other than that, you know, it's yeah. pretty much exactly the same thing. So, so, so I would yeah. I would say that that line's definitely blurring, and when that is even more gone, mobile gaming, as in handheld phone mobile gaming, is definitely worldwide. You can have yes, and that's because of the indie scene. That's because of the uh, ubiquitousness of apps, uh, so to speak. I mean, yeah, and yeah. and the kind of wild wild west mentality, right? So I mean, the 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 app store is so much more policed than the Android market, and as a result, you know. But there are still, if you go to the App Store, there's still, you know, there's still junk, quote unquote, right? Um, but not nearly as much stuff as there is in the Android market. People can go out there and really make whatever the hell they want, which can be a good thing or a really bad thing, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so as long as there are these platforms within which people can create, you know, whatever out of their garage with a computer, you're going to have this kind of a, I think, you're going to have this kind of a, you know, a marketplace which is very volatile, which could move, which does all the time. You know, it moves so quickly, right? I mean, oh yeah. Where was Angry Birds? You know, six years ago. Well, where are those guys you know? from? Where's Roxio from? You know, I don't. Uh, it, I want to say it's Croatia or something like that. Rovio, right? Rovio. It's Rovio. Yeah. People anyway. in the chat when they catch up in like a minute should definitely yeah. tell us where Angry Birds. Yeah. Uh, Let us know. From. I'm pretty darn sure it was an Eastern European country. The point is, is that we've yeah. had, and we've had people saying this in the chat the whole time. Uh, indie game, Mr. Indie game, Mark from Indie Game Searchlight, who definitely has his pulse on the industry, uh, or his hand on the pulse of the indie industry, is saying he wouldn't be surprised if Sweden, beyond Minecraft, became even more of an indie game, uh, you know, uh, big indie game name, you know, and on the I, shoulders of, of Notch, absolutely, it, exactly. And but so many indie games are based off of the shoulders of, of Notch. You know, and not that they copy Minecraft, but they use that as a model, as a template. Yes. You know, if they can make it, make hundreds of millions of dollars off of this Java uh, hobby that yep. one guy was doing in his spare time, why couldn't Off anybody? a great idea. And, uh, it is. And it's it makes very total true. Sense. 
It is. Uh, so it's it's kind of a, but I think what it what it doesn't do is it doesn't. Rovio create, is finished. There you go. You. It doesn't create, I think, a a center, of or it, it doesn't doesn't bode well for a center of the video game universe. Now, mm -hmm. let's distinguish that really quickly and do a little bit of a reality check. Where all these people want to be now is is a little bit different, right? So one of the reasons why Minecraft sells so well is because it's sold in a place where it could touch tens of millions of people and then could also be ported out to other platforms that also reached a lot of people, right? So it had a tremendous amount of success there. Whereas I think if you look at um, where, you know, another game or another developer might be wanting to spend their, their time and efforts, it's going to look very different. It, they're going, you know, is Xbox the place to put your independently developed game? I'm hearing more and more that it's not, right? Is Supposedly Sony is uh, really uh, embracing the indies with PS4. Exactly. And, and, and you know what? For good freaking reason, and right? And a lot of people I mean, think that's a great move on their part it's it's a great move because i think at that point you you can give people a low price point to to buy viral games it's it's the same kind of thing that they want you to do in your iphone mm -hmm. it's just that playstation's trying to kind of grab that as well but is that the center of the video gaming universe in my mind it's not because we're still not talking about what i think is what we all because gaming is near and dear to our hearts really think of when we think about the center of the gaming universe we're talking about the development, the distribution, and the creation of artistic AAA games that kind of define generations of gamers. Right. And in that regard, the Western dominance, I think, is going nowhere. I'm not sure that there's going to be, uh, you know, a tremendous shift of power in that regard because so many of the publishing arms of this equation because remember you got developers but you also have publishers very important the publishing arm of this is very very centered in the united states and most of the united states companies have other subsidiaries in other countries that do their distribution and their publication there and i just think that's something that can't be avoided and is steering the industry in you know i'm not saying because people are out there colluding and trying to take <laughs> over the world maybe they are but it's more along the lines of they're they're making it easier to do business for developers in the United States and in the West. I will some I will agree with you to the point that yes, I do not believe that the the AAA huge budgeted video games uh, that center will not move as long as that is the viable model. As long as that yes. is a viable model, hundred percent. The question which I'm seeing more and more nowadays is is that really a viable model? Are the, are the $20 million budget AAA games where entire uh, development houses uh, go out of business as soon as they release the game because it took so long and so many people and so much money to make, Right. how much longer is that really going to stand? Yes. Uh, I, I, and I, I think... And once, that goes, to... once that goes down, yeah. I think truly there will be no center and that'll disperse more to the more nimble whatever is coming next it's something it's something more nimble you know well and you know, I, I think some development houses will survive and some will not and whoever is able to you know figure out the best way to make video games that a lot of people will buy 
without the ridiculous blockbuster price tags to make them will survive. Yeah, but I mean, let me let me make a defense of that for a second. So, I think the reason it's the center. So, the the largest conference for in terms of the industry of video games is E three every year. You know, we have PAX. That's the largest you know conference for fans, right? When you go to one of those and you hit the exhibition floor, what everyone's talking about are the AAA titles. Mm-hmm. They have the most money. And why do they have the most money? Is it because of the developers? In some cases it is, like in, say, for Rockstar, for example. But no, it's with the publishers. The publishers have the money. They front the money for those kinds of things because they figure that's an investment in their success, right? That model isn't going anywhere. You're not going to lose. I, I don't, this is my speculation here, okay? My opinion. My mm-hmm. opinion is that's not going anywhere anytime soon. Because you still have Halo 4, the, the numbers came out today, right? Halo 4 was the by far the largest selling Halo game of all time. Okay. That is, in my mind, a pretty compelling argument for the fact that a AAA title that is developed over the course of years by hundreds of people is still where the gaming universe is centered and focused. And I don't think that's going anywhere. I think it will in the next few years because for every, think, for every halo four, you have a, an alien noir and a team Bondi yes. that uh, uh, of course completely obliterates itself under the weight of its, of its own project makes a great game. Yeah. But Holy crap, without a lot of work and effort and money. So, and just to have everything explode, which is terrible. So, uh, but so we differ and a lot of people bit. get out of work. And I mean, I, I don't know that we differ necessarily this. We, we probably disagree about the time frame. Yeah. I think the time frame is going to be more elongated for the triple a world that we live in. Um, I think it might very well fall, but it's going to take a lot more time, I think, than you're giving it credit. I think those those uh, those roots run deep in the industry, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. Have we uh, have we talked this to death yet? I just gave you spirit fingers, which means oh. I think we have. <laughs> Boom! That is not spirit so, fingers. That's that's waving. Well, I was, I was, spirit yeah. Fingers. I guess I guess I was waving. Yeah. Okay, so follow me. No, we're not doing that. So uh, now we will move on. So I think we we treated that pretty well. I don't know if we necessarily came to any kind of conclusion, but we think we never do. Yeah, but this, you know, I think the center of the gaming world is firmly planted in the West. A lot of the games that people want to play are Western at this point, which makes it that way. Which I think is the other point we have to make. Games right now are more compelling, made as made by Western developers. Doesn't mean it's always going to be that way, but I think that's where the market is now, and that might feed directly into your point. Whereas change tastes, which by the way are ephemeral and fleeting, snap like that. Who knows? The whole thing could fall apart. Anyway, with that, it's time for some Lin Sanity. I'm thinking. With that, it's time for some Lin Sanity. Also, I completely uh, missed from changing the tids and bits. There we go. Now the topic is correct. Where is the center of the video game world? Yes. And now. Take that. <laughs> and now we're going to move to the third part of the show, which yes. people tell me is their favorite part of the show, which is the question and answer portion of the program. We're going to have you guys ask us any kind of question you'd like, whether it be a question about the topics we discussed today, or I, it could be I, something we've discussed previously on the uh, on the program, or it could be something completely unrelated, uh, uh, questions about real cat faces, uh, <gasps> questions about uh, Jeremy Lin. Where is he now? 
Uh, no one knows. That is a very good question, well, actually. It, uh, I don't. I think he's in Texas. I don't. Uh, anyway, the Will point he is, be joining the Miami Heat. Will he supplant uh, uh, Chris Bosh, Kevin James, James, James Kevin, Allen, Kevin James, the King what's of Queens? What's his the name? King of Queens? Yes. <laughs> Why can't I think? Lynn, so Jeremy Lin is actually going to be the star. This we, you don't even have to misquote the Commodore to, to put this one down, okay? Jeremy Lin is starring in his new in a new sitcom, The King of Miami. The King of Miami with, with supplanting Kevin with Kevin James, supplanting LeBron. Okay, there you go. You heard that it makes here first. sense. Anyway, if you'd like to ask a question, all you have to do is go click on my name, and you'll see it right there. Well, in a minute you'll see it. It's right there. Trust me. Go click on my name, click PM, and you can send me whatever question you want, and we will get right into the questions right now. Starting, number one, with Jay Squiggles. Hold on, I'm tweeting. Okay, you're tweeting? I'm tweeting. I'm tweeting. It's, it, can, I, can we get some tweet music while you're tweeting? While you're tweeting? Okay, I'm done. Oh, okay, that was a, that was a short tweet. Okay, no good. Um, first question, Jay Squiggles. How is the sexiest host in the world? I'm doing well, thank you. Good. Okay, covered that. Next. Uh, let's see. Uh, here we go. Jofo. <clears throat> good old Jofo. Jofo asks, he gets an American flag. Uh, Ruin the Commodore, are you guys playing any good 3DS games at the moment, and are you looking forward to any upcoming 3DS titles? Mm. Just saying. I'm sure Just I saying. No, no, you know what I was playing the other day while I was waiting in the airport as I missed my connecting flight by five minutes? I hate United, by the way. Um, <laughs> just do, wait, so, so now the, the check's coming from Samsung, and now we're going to get sued by United Airlines. Yes. Just, just I keep love score. Delta, though. Want to keep score. Okay. <laughs> they love to fly, and it shows. Oh, man, we are, we are toast. We are toast. All right, go ahead. Yep, keep going. Um... No, I don't know what you were playing. What oh, were playing? oh, Final Fantasy Theat Rhythm, Theater Theat Rhythm. I know. I've yeah. been, I that's I've just still been. I'm playing sure it's it. a great game that you can't pronounce the title of. It's I uh, am. it's probably wonderful. Now, what's well, it's Elite Beat Agents, which I love the crap out of, and and Final Fantasy music. So how can you not love it? Uh, there's other good stuff that's supposed to be coming <clears> out for 3DS, and I can't think of it. Because it's not the center of the gaming universe, and I rest my case. No, but 3DS is good. I'm I didn't sure. say it was bad. I, I also got Mario Kart bad. Seven. It's good. Uh, I've heard that Mario 3D Land is awesome, so I'm going to pick that up when it drops a little bit in price. Uh, oh, new Pokemon game. New Pokemon game. You know I'm getting that. Yes. I know you're getting that. Oh, yeah. You don't have a 3DS. I don't have a 3DS. I have a DS Lite. I don't plan on replacing that anytime soon. It does the job. Yeah, it's still, still pretty awesome. It just rocks and it rolls, and I love it. And I don't need a PS Vita, because why the hell would you have a PS Vita? Um, now Sony hates us, too. Uh, let's see. Future Days um, asks, how, how, how do you think Pikmin is going to stand up in, in all of the, with all of uh, uh, Miyamoto's works? You know, is it going to be remembered well, poorly? What do you think? Oh, by the way, Animal Crossing New Leaf. I want to pick that up. Good. I'm Thanks just, for answering a question that had nothing to do with what we just asked. I'm just saying, I, we both know someone who worked on that. Yes, we do. And he's not a spokesman for Nintendo. Just saying. He's not. Not even close. Anyway. Um, Doesn't pretend to be one on our humble show. Nope. Uh, what was the question? Oh, gosh. How do you think Pikmin <laughs> is going to stack up? Oh, I think against... it's... 
it, it's, it, how is it going to be remembered? I think it's going to be remembered as a, a cult following. It's going to be generally seen as a very good game. Not super popular, but uh, respected. Okay. I, I like that. I, th I think, you know, actually... That's pretty much exactly what I would say. Yes. I mean, it's it's definitely not the best. It's not even close, but it's it's fun. I mean, I, I've enjoyed my time with it, so whatever. I'll probably pick up the new one. Not when it first comes out, and I'll wait for a drop in price, but yes. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Let's do... Let's do... Uh, here we go. Here we go. We, we, this is a good one. Kaz, the gamer guy. Oh, yes, Kaz. Uh, after going through... This is a question directly to you, because I have no idea. After going through the first Dragon Quest trilogy, much yeah. congratulations for that, by the way. What are your thoughts on the Zenitha, Zenithia trilogy? Oh, you got it. And what, is your, and what is your favorite of the three? That is also a lot of fun. Uh, my favorite is probably number five. The Zenithia trilogy, the Erdrich trilogy being Dragon Quest 1, 2, and 3, loosely connected. And then the Zenithia trilogy, also loosely connected, 4, 5, and 6. Um, okay. Four, I actually had back on Nintendo back in the day, so it has a special place in my heart. It's a really great game. Uh, I, they're all great games, four, five, and six. Um, yes. I would rate them five, then four, then six. Uh, pick them up on the DS because um, Arte Piazza did a very good job, I believe it was them, in uh, making, you know, modernizing them, making them, you know, everything's just streamlined and awesome. Uh, five definitely has some great story elements uh, and kind of tugs at the heartstrings and really good system. I love it. Yes. All right, here we go. Let's see. We have a question from Ellie Feeden. Eh, I think that's what it looks like. Ellie Feeden. Are there any games you regret buying, playing, or both? Uh, yes. Okay. The only game uh, I have ever returned to a vi to the store. Yeah. Populous for the Super Nintendo. Ooh. The only game. It began my hate-hate relationship with Peter Molyneux. Yes. I'm just gonna yes. Because I, well, I, I, I went in to get SimCity, and the, the guy behind the counter, to be fair, because he knew what he was talking about, he's like, well, this is like SimCity in that it's a simulation game. It's like, okay, I'll try it sucked because they were out of sim city so i got popular this is poop took it back and they had sim city back in stock luckily i picked that up and played the crap out of it so i lived happily ever after good i like it excellent uh it got dark you know i i don't know i think there are some games that i regret that i regret buying i'm trying to think of some off right off the top of my head though I mean, so I bought some crappy games for the DS Lite when I first got it, like some really crappy games that were just terrible, um, like Underground Pool, not worth your time. Is that like a, a something you swim in in a cavern underneath your house? It's not like it's not like a Michael Phelps pool. It's like a you know, <laughs> like a Black Widow pool. Oh come um, on, Peter Molyneux is not very good. Let's just let's just say it. Oh stop it. Let's say it. No, he, Peter Molyneux is name, awesome. Name Thank a you. great game that he has done. Uh, Fable. No. Fable's false. a great game. That's false. I'm sorry. No, Fable's a great Incorrect. game. Incorrect. I'm right. Nope. Fable's a great game. Just just ask the community. They know. Mr. Andy Creighton has Wait, wait, wait. I also have another thing to add. You know who... Uh, uh, remember our good pal, Matt 
Matt Duncan. Yes. Uh, our, our high school friend who picked up a PS2 early on yes. in his life yes. and realized he didn't have much to play on it. So what did he do? Went to Walmart, see what they had in the bargain bin. Oh, yeah. What they had in the bargain bin were uh, launch titles that were absolute crap. He must have gotten five or six games, played <laughs> through them. I watched him. I watched him play them. Holy crap, they were terrible. He returned all of them. It was yeah. bad. Anyway, go ahead. I, yeah, no, that, that, that's, that's, a, that's a great story. I like that one. <laughs> Mr. Andy Creighton asks, this is in the true sense of ask us anything, okay? We just want to let you guys know. You can ask us anything. Here, I, did, did, doesn't mean we're going to actually answer it, but here, here we go. Boxers. Question and answer. I made barbecue pulled, pulled chicken from a par, for a party tomorrow. I can't say it. He wrote it perfectly. I just can't say it. After the chicken was cooked and pulled apart, I put in a bag with barbecue sauce to sit overnight. Mm -hmm. Should I have waited until serving time to add the sauce? Mm. Great question. Mm. Great question. Uh, you, you can answer this first. I'm going to say you should have waited, and here's why. Okay. Usually, usually the sauce. Oh, see, the thing is, chicken's a little bit different than pork, but it, you could probably get away with that with chicken. But I, I my thought is, you always want to, if you've already cooked. You've already kind of locked in the juices of the chicken, you know. Then when you go to add the sauce, it just kind of complements the flavor of the meat versus saturating it. Seems to me like you probably saturated it by dousing it in sauce and leaving it overnight. See, I'm going to go the other way. Okay. I'm going to say that the sauce... Can, can we go ahead and give a disclaimer that neither you or I are... No, anything in, what we're talking about. No, no, anything about this, about this topic at all whatsoever. Like, we yes. are... We are we are probably two of the worst people in the uni in the known universe to ask this question to. <laughs> but I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night. But uh, well, it might or might not have been a Holiday Inn Express. Let's just say that it might have been a residence inn. It might or might not have been that either. I mean, the point <laughs> is, I would say, in general, what he what he's done here is marinate his his chicken in uh, in in the sauce. Yes, which I'm a fan of. I'm always a fan of marinating. Marinating in sauce is, is different than cooking it and then dousing it in sauce all night. No, I'd say it's the same thing. That's not marinating. Marinating is... No, marinating is have a food and it's in a liquid of some sort, no matter how viscous it is. It's And then you cook it. No, no, no. You can marinate after you cook. It's okay. I never heard that. But then again, I'm... I'm <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever watched five, more than five minutes of the Food Network. So I have no idea. I got to watch more Good Eats. <laughs> what he yeah. should have done is brined the chicken. <laughs> and then... Brined the chicken. And then you cook it, and you pull it, and then you put the sauce on. Anyway. Yeah. Did you tenderize the chicken, Mr. Andy Creighton? Uh, all right, here we go. Let's see. Here, This is a great question from Red Mage. I love this one. Many is it indie about food? games... No, it's not, not at all. Has nothing to do with food. Uh, many indie games use retro-style graphics, and, and some of them could easily have been actual releases on classic 16-bit systems with certain modifications, you understand. Question. Do you think any of these games, had they been released back in the heyday of the retro systems that we now all know and love, would be looked back at as bona fide classics? Oh, absolutely. Super Metroid, Chrono Trigger, blah, blah, blah. Absolutely. If so, what, do you th what games do you think would Oh, be? he actually wants to know which ones. Well, uh, I'll tell you Right now, you know mine. Mine's going to be Braid. I think Braid could easily have been a Super Nintendo title. Um, although, Braid is kind of CPU intensive because of the, all the time control stuff. Um, I'm not sure it could probably run on a Super Nintendo. 
I, Actually, I, I take that back. I take that back because I think I've seen the prototype. Yeah, I've seen the prototype for Brave, which is just like stick figures. Around. Well, I don't know what kind of CPU. Anyway, whatever. I, I'm not an engineer, nor do I know to pretend what Jonathan Blow was thinking when he created Braid. I just think if Braid were capable of transitioning to the Super Nintendo, it would have been a hit. And I think people would have really loved it. Yes. Uh, if if Mark from Indie Game Searchlight is still in the chat, I completely say shout out some of what you think would be classic 16-bit you know, games that are came out of modern indie ones. But yep. I'm also going to say... Uh, <laughs> uh, I would also say, I'm sorry, I was reading a comment about NCAA football for the SNES. Uh, but do I have a box and manual for it? I'm sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> NCAA football. Do I? You know, I might not. I know I have the game. Yeah. Wait, NCAA football? I have college football 97. That's not, that's like three years apart there. You've totally missed the boat. I actually bought this in college. Remember, I think we played this. Yeah, I think we did. And I was like, look at this. This is great. This is this, this is terrible. This is, no, this is when UNC used to be good at football. Anyway, yeah, I know. Um, so true. What was I saying? Uh, you were talking about something not important. Cave Story. Cave Story would be a good one. Uh, I was going to say To the Moon, naturally, uh, would be an interesting one. The thing, It's an adventure game, uh, like a like a, like a, a point-and-click adventure. And I've put, gone over this before. There weren't really many of those on the Super Nintendo. No, not at all. I can it, think it of... It kind of wasn't a great way to that genre kind of expressed itself it could it was lacked it could yeah, I think yeah it, could. it definitely could have I, I can think of two off the top of my head one didn't even come out in america clock tower and the Without other one the snes mouse yeah and, and it could use the snes <laughs> mouse i don't think it, and it didn't anyway uh yeah. and pac-man 2 the new adventures which a lot of people didn't understand was an adventure game therefore hated so awesome um i just said mine all right omega r vulcan asks do you prefer or dislike voice acting in games? Oh, if it's good, I enjoy it. If it's yeah. bad, I still enjoy it, but for different reasons. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with that too. But I think so. I think voice acting is kind of like is, is similar to music in some ways. Like there is a there there is definitely a time and place where you can overdo it, uh, and it's ju it just becomes cumbersome, and the game is less fun as a result, right? If you want a good example, I think, of how to execute this near flawlessly, play a Ken Levine game. Play a Bioshock game. You know, um, yeah, yeah. You know, one Perfect balance. One instance that I'm going to say... Did... I, I could really leave the uh, voice acting as in any Mario game. I'm, mm -hmm. I, you know, I like Charles Martinet. He seems like a nice guy, but I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> done with the... Nice guy. I'm I'm done with the yee woohoo ah! It's like okay, all right, that's enough of that. Really, yep, yep. It's everywhere now. Yeah, it, it, it over the topness. Okay, well, let's just call a spade a spade again. Over that over the top kind of melodramatic feel is very popular in Japan. Okay. So when you have. So a lot of those games, you know, I mean, just watch an episode of Dragon Ball Z. People are yelling, screaming, and going crazy all the time, right? <laughs> and for some reason, people like this. The point is, it's, it doesn't <laughs> translate well into other cultures that don't scream and yell and, you know, blah, blah, blah all the time. Or True. that don't find that funny or entertaining. And so I think that's an example of where things get in the way. And 
you know, uh, the other thing I think is, is done very subtly, but is done well, is a is a Miyamoto game. Like, I mean, look at the voice acting in like a Mario Kart sixty four. It's like a it's like built into the game. It is so much a part of it. If you play it without it, it would it would lose a lot. But it's it's just kind of subtle. It just kind of does what it's supposed to do. You know, it's entertaining. It's fun, and it's not stupid. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Uh, so how about? Um... I, I just end with this. You are almost a Jill sandwich. Jill sandwich. All right. Uh, or you could watch the uh, painful memories in gaming about horrible video game dialogue, which I think is still still exists somewhere. Also, I love CDI Link's voice yes. acting. Yes, which is what got me into YouTube poops, which is the greatest. I, I still subscribe to YouTube poop channels. Also, To the Moon is on sale for $5 and DRM free on GOG right now. Hint, hint. Five dollars, Commodore. Maybe, did you get maybe, it yet? Hey, maybe I can actually buy it now that it's not on Steam. So yeah, Steam wouldn't let me buy it. Just get it off of GOG. Five bucks. Come on. I do love GOG. It's great. Um, it's gogorific. Maybe if the uh, internet connection holds up, I'll take care of that afterwards. You should. Here we go. Let's see. Oh, that's um, my voice. <laughs> so uh, now this is this is. I wish I had picked this username, but I didn't. Uh, the username is you guys are awesome. Oh, that's a pretty awesome name. Yeah, that's pretty cool. From okay. Sweden. <gasps> Saying hello from Sweden where it is now uh, well past the 4 o'clock in the a.m. Well, so let me you give you a hearty us. American greeting of hola. <laughs> hola. And wave, and wave the American flag. Yes. How'd you know? <laughs> Did you hear it? Yes, exactly. What are, question, what are your opinions on educational games? Do they have a future and should games and education be separated? I can go if you're just <laughs> by that question. I'm, I'm um, reflecting. You can go. Okay. Um, the educational, so so the pedagogical value of games is something we are just beginning to That's understand. Big so, word. What? Sorry. Right, okay. If, if you're not going to answer, then shut the hell up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stop interrupting me. Uh, no, so the the uh, we're just starting to learn how teaching is is enhanced or you know brought to great detriment by video gaming. What kind of things are enhanced? What kind of things you know are not by the virtue of repetitive gameplay, so on and so forth. And the truth of the matter is, folks, the jury's still out in most areas. We don't, you know, we know that it's not just about hand-eye coordination, which is all we ever heard in the 80s and 90s. Um, it's it's about much, much more. Oh, yeah. When you have entire school programs that are using Minecraft to teach engineering, um, you know, uh, uh, circuitry, um, as well as kind of dreaming big and, you know, just the, the same way Legos did, right? Which is like, you know, Kind of allowing us to dream big, build things, engineer things. Um, you have entire like planning, city planning, those kinds of things can be taught inside of Minecraft. I think that kind of thing is just beginning to be understood, and it's something that we have. I think we have to latch onto. If anything, I think that's what's going to help. It's not what's going to bring us there, but I think it's going to help destroy some of the stigma that's still around for video games as being toys and for kids. Um, video games are not toys. Video games are not for kids. They are they are artistic, and they do help us learn and process the world around us. And um, I, I think it's going to be essential to tie those things together. And that's my answer. Oh, also, a proton pack is not a toy. No, definitely not. And I'll leave it at that. Yes, very good. Yeah, good. Yeah, I, I think we uh, I think we covered that one. 
All right. Um, let's see. Uh, Kansaki, what is your thought what on the expanding RPG features in the game in, among the game population? Do you notice a reduction of the true RPG being produced? Hmm. That's an interesting way to phrase that question. It is because I, I I don't like the I, I would not I would not phrase it that way. Let's say that. How would you phrase because, it? Because because I think saying something is the true RPG is I think is kind of elitist and and very at the very least kind of small minded, right? I mean, there's so, no necessarily there there could be a JRPG experience or a classic, per se. yeah, or a classic RPG feel or whatever. But why is Skyrim any less an RPG than Final Fantasy IV? Well, they're just different types of RPGs. Could be argued that, but but what that's why I think calling it true, I think is is problematic, right? Okay. But 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 let's 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 go on with what the question is actually asking, which mm-hmm. is you know is or are the games that are coming out now the RPGs that are developing at the moment are they kind of diluting the old RPG experience the classic RPG experience I don't think it affects I don't it's it's interesting because it's like um not to go too far afield but this is something that has come out with um like D&D Dungeons and Dragons 4th edition People yes. complain they don't like uh, a lot of the changes, blah, blah, blah. But the point is always made, well, if you don't like it, you can always just go back. It's not like you can't play 3rd edition anymore. No. It's not like uh, your exactly. book's burnt up in a fire. You know, you can always go back and enjoy it, and it's it's what it always was. And I think that the same thing applies here. I don't think it taints, I said taint, uh, taint. anything from previous taint misbehaving. generations. Um. No, I agree with that. I, I think that's absolutely true. And I think that the goal should be, as you pointed out several times, you know, for Axis with civilization, you know, their their goal has always been to look back at what they've done, take the best elements, eliminate some of the things they think they misstepped on, and combine those with new ideas to try to make something that's truly new and unique. I got a question for you from the chat. Okay. Would you guys consider playing Earthbound for charity? Yeah, I would consider that. Doing it, I would, I would, I would do it as a, as a, you know, let's let's see what happens with in you know twenty hours of pain for the Commodore, and I can just sit there, drink a lot of coffee, and get really pissed off. I think that would be worth it. We could totally make that happen. I think so, if, as long as we make apologies for profanity right from the get go. Yes, we'll need. There's some... going to be a lot of cursing at a, at a at young Ness, and we're going to need a lot of real cat face to get you through it. <laughs> a ton of real cat face. Trevor feeds perfectly into the last question we answered. I think this is a good tie-in. So Trevor asks, um, since the PS4 is not backwards compatible, do you think you'll be able to pick up a PS3 later to play a bunch of the exclusives like Nino Cooney and The Last of Us? I mean, are you going to be buying a PS3 to go do some of those things? I was actually thinking about that because the price has dropped. I don't necessarily, it's not like I have a lot of time. I I have too much of a backlog. I really don't need to be buying a PS3. I do want to play Nino Cooney at some point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Sony will be selling PS3s for a while because of that. The PS3 has turned out to be a a pretty solid system, actually. Yes. Uh, yes. And, and they're still releasing a lot of really good games for it, even to the next year. Yeah. Uh, with the even though the PS4 is being launched, so. Yep. I 
the the whole no backwards compatibility thing makes gamers grumble, but I don't think it's going to hurt. I think that's going to help Sony's bank account. I think backwards compatibility is one of the reasons why the Xbox, why the Microsoft guys thought they could do what they did now, because really the only people that give a crap about that are the niche players, right? The mm -hmm. PS1 to the PS2, that was a brilliant move because you know at that point the niche, the people we're calling the niche now, was the gaming population, right? So them moving between the PS1 and PS2 with backwards compatibility is is a stroke of genius. After that, it kind of just became like, why? You know, what, what's the what's the real point? All we are, we all we doing really pointing back toward past platforms that just like you were talking about with the books, the books didn't burn up, right? You can still fire up a three. Microsoft even said that, hey, we 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 have a, a DRM free system. It's called the three the three sixty. Go have fun. You know, that doesn't have to be online all the time, and it's it's you know, have fun. Yeah. And people were kind of like, yeah, that's true, but you also just produce a brand new video game system anyway we've hashed that out the <laughs> point is i think those things are still there why not just enjoy them for what they are mm -hmm. all right light aligns asks what is a section in one of your favorite games that you hate going through mm. he gives an, he gives an example of getting through the marsh cave in final fantasy one can cause me to stop playing for a while It always seems there's something in a Legend of Zelda game that gives me pause. Like the classic, the ice, or the water temple in the Ocarina yeah. of Time, everyone always talk, thinks about. For me, it's the ice temple in, uh, or the ice, yeah, I guess ice temple in, in Link to the Past, which is my favorite Zelda game. That one's yep. just, I can get so confused around in that one. Um, I'm going to go with one of my favorite adventure games of all time, The Seventh Guest, which I have gone back and played several times since we played it originally. There is a maze portion of the seventh guest. So like everything is puzzles, oh, puzzles, puzzles. God. And then you get and then you get sent like downstairs into the basement for a maze. And it's just so tedious. And every time I've ever beaten it, it was not because of any kind of systematic uh, map that I drew or anything like that. It was total pure random chance. Mm -hmm. And you just gotta hit a bunch of buttons and wait for you know, wait to come out the other side. Period. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Um, man, something that keeps making me stop when I, or, or tempts me to stop when I get there. I mean, there's a few. Um, crap. The best games don't have those, but still. Um, I guess in Earthbound, after you were done with um, Foreside, and the game kind of goes a little bit more far afield of uh, the suburban type, you know, modern RPG. And it becomes a little bit more out there. It gets a little bit more into, like, uh, craziness and, and weird locations and stuff like that. And it's, it, you know, the initial charm of the game seems to be... Uh, one of the big initial charms is kind of thrown away for other crazy wackiness. Which is still fun, it's just different. Um, yeah. That's probably one of the big ones for me. Uh, Final Fantasy games. Hmm. Oh, geez. There's a, there's a ton of those. I, yeah. I, I never really... I don't know. That's, that's pretty good. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Yeah. There's a lot of ground to cover with that. Um, 
Peaceful Rest Valley. Yeah, Peaceful Rest Valley is kind of... No, yeah, uh, Saturn Valley, actually. It's a little weird. Uh, Threed, yeah. Oh, man. So the... Uh... The moon in Final Fantasy IV is so freaky. So I don't know if you played uh, well, the, uh, the end, but yeah, yeah, it that, is that's so, just punishing. It's so hard. It really is. Um, yeah, that's that's just hard. That's not that's not unnecessarily bad. It's just hard. I don't know. Okay, I, Final Fantasy is pretty well balanced, man. There's not a lot of crap like that. Once you get past kind of the first couple games, where you just had to grind it out and grind it out to have any kind of a chance. Um, the sl- the slowest part of Final Fantasy VI for me is when you actually hit the Empire. Yeah. Uh from yeah, that's from, true. from then until the world of ruin it's kind of uh <sighs> seems slower. I don't know. Yeah. What? Red Major incorrect and die. Anyway, go ahead. Okay, good. <laughs> Judix asks, how do you feel about DLC in general? <sighs> I'm not liking the way it's been implemented for the most part, which is to fix problems with games that are shipped. That should have been fixed before being shipped. How about that? That, um, yeah. Or, or 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 to add things that should have been included in the initial game, like when things are on the disc and you need to buy the DLC to yeah. unlock it, which frankly doesn't seem to happen too often, luckily. But that can go straight to hell. Well, um, so you know, I think I think that if so, look, look at so I haven't finished Bioshock Infinite yet, so don't anybody say anything about it. But I've, one thing I haven't heard anybody say is that it was an incomplete experience. So when you buy the game, it is a complete experience. Yet, if you buy the whatever they call it, the season pass or whatever, um, DLC is coming very quickly for Bioshock Infinite. And apparently it's going to add a tremendous amount to the game and a lot of different experiences that you didn't have before. That's cool. I think that's DLC that's warranted. You don't have to buy it if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make the experience that you bought off of the disc any less important. Okay. That's a big deal. So I'm going to throw this out at you because we, we have a special thing to accomplish before we finish streaming for the night. So I'm going to ask if we could have one or two more questions. And okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, I, I love this question. I know we already took one from him, but I'm going to have to do it again. Kaz the Gamer Guy says, what are your thoughts on silent protagonists? Great question. Mm. This goes back to the voice acting question we had before, but I think it's a good one. I think I more often don't like the silent protagonist. I'd rather, I mean, I understand what they're going for there. You know, like put yourself in it and blah, 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 blah. But it yeah. takes me too much out to have a guy that's like dot, dot, yeah. dot. You know, like right. Chrono and Chrono Trigger. I just would have preferred that he talked, honestly. Yeah, I think that may, some RPG elements don't make sense there. Or just read. Or you just read it, right? I mean, if they yeah, just make it, the it's okay. know, reading, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. it's fine. Like, I, I'm not, not going to play a game because I have to read. It's not a big deal. It's kind of important. <laughs> i got to read. Screw yeah, this. Read. Screw this. I bought a video game. I'm not reading. I'm not, I don't um, want to learn. See? No, we're going back yeah, to see, educational game games. Go. Um, I actually like Silent Protagonist. I think it brings a cool uh, vector to the game. Um, I'm thinking of Grand Theft Auto 3 versus Vice City. You know, uh, uh, I, I, Vice City is my favorite Grand Theft Auto game of all time by far. Yeah. And, you know, um, uh, Tony Versetti, who, who the hell was it? With, uh, Ray, Liotta Ray Liotta did his voice. Ray Liotta was awesome in that. Mm-hmm. I still kind of like the Silent Protagonist in 3. It was just mm-hmm. kind of, you know. He is whatever he is, and that's that. It kind of works in that one because, honestly, the story is not that 
critical. It's not like an RPG. This has to do, consequently, enough with the Weekly Ringer that is currently posted on the website where you can talk about what it means or it should or do you necessarily have to embody a specific gender Ooh. when you play video games. So it's about that mechanism, uh, uh, the apparatus of the video game, if you will. Go check it out. A lot of fun. All right. Plug. Um, yep. Lynn1876 asked, what do, you think of, what do you think of the Ouya now that it's out? I don't have much thought for it, honestly. I mean, I played it a little bit. I, I thought it was okay. Um, I, I don't have much hope for it as a platform, to be honest, because I don't I, I, think they're doing a lot with the indie de developers that they said they were going to do. I don't think it's much of a breakthrough. Yeah, I don't think it's much of a breakthrough either. I, don't I think just think it's. We're going to talk about it another couple of years. Yeah, I think it's probably probably not long for this world unless they can find another way. And the problem is they're competing for a space that everyone is competing for now. Mm -hmm. it, it, they were they were very timely with their thoughts, but the problem is Apple, Google. Um, you know, uh, NVIDIA, all these different companies had had the same idea at the same time, and they have a lot more money to develop platforms, and they're just going to go fight it out and see who wins. So I feel bad because I think the UE is a great concept. It's just probably a little bit too late uh, to be the kind of success I think it probably deserves. Um, let me see here. Trying to get through some of the more rapid-fire stuff. Uh, let's see here. So, uh, here we go. Uh, minor held. Minor held. So, growing up when you did, why don't you guys love NES that much, especially compared to the solar event that is your love for the Super Nintendo? We do have a solar love the for the Super Nintendo. Solar love? I, I like that. Or solar event, sorry. <laughs> like a coronal mass ejection? Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, I, I love NES. Um, yeah, I love NES too. Most people our age would probably say that was their favorite system. I don't know. Um, it's like the Super Nintendo was just better in every conceivable way. Yeah, and and well, it, it perfected yeah, I, 2D gaming to me. I, I mean, yeah, me too. Super it was a golden Nintendo age of 2D slash gaming. Genesis. Sure. Um, I, so, so my first experience on with a with a pure video gaming console was the NES, and I just lit up like a Christmas tree. It was like this is the greatest thing in the world. I I push these buttons and Mario runs across the screen. It was just the greatest thing ever, and um, I knew from the very first time I ever played, I was going to love video games. But the Super Nintendo generation is what made video games what they are for me, which is more than just kind of something you do in your spare time. It actually is fun and it can be compelling. Um, you know, you're, uh, playing Mega Man doesn't exactly, you know, engender great feelings for the character, right? Right. But if you play some games from the SNES era, I think you're going to find there are, there are lots of really cool artistic moments from those games uh, that really start to make a compelling argument about video games as art. And that's why I think the SNES time frame for us um, is so so beloved. I think that's pretty, pretty fair. Yeah. Why not, right? <laughs> um, and I'll end with this one just because I, I wish I had more time, guys. There's a lot of great questions out there, but I know we got to move on. Judix, who also asked our question already, fireworks tomorrow? Fireworks tomorrow? You mean... Fireworks now. Oh, geez. And the tradition continues. So while you uh, go try to blow something up, 
What is the other interesting conclusion we needed to come to before the end of the podcast? I'll wait for later. So something that uh, we uh, should be mentioning, and uh, actually uh, I'll bring it up right now, is that both of us will be going as guests uh, to Con Bravo, which is in Burlington, Ontario, on July 26th through 28th. Uh, You can get tickets. for only thirty dollars for the whole weekend, it's it's there's still pre pre selling tickets up until June fifteenth or July fifteenth, I believe. Uh, go to conbravo.com for that, and we'll be there. It'll be great. We've got a lot of uh, retroware TV folks going, uh, like uh, Game Chasers and Pat the NES Punk and blah blah blah, etc. etc. Gaming historian. So, what we are going to do right here? We are going to shoot a promotional video for Con Bravo about how we're going and basically everything I just said gonna repeat it with wacky right. hijinks and uh, wacky hijinks I'm gonna record it and all you guys in the chat are also gonna be a part of it so so as soon as I say now now just start talking about how awesome Con Bravo is and how much you want to go there and it's gonna be great and it's gonna be the best announcement video ever and I'm gonna light a sparkler as I'm talking about it <laughs> this madass sparkler it's it's you are you are so mad at that sparkler. I am. So I I know that you're a fan of of the Canada, correct, Mr. Commodore? You can't you wait. Are, I cannot wait for Con Bravo. Yes. It's going to be amazing. You want to know why it's going to be amazing? <laughs> why is that? Partly it's going to be amazing cuz you and I are both going to be there. That's true. Oh. I mean that that's I mean that's that's, that's got to be worth something, right? Yes. That's got to be worth at least at least two cents of the $30 it's going to cost you to come. Two cents of that. We're worth every penny. Oh, okay? I thought you meant three, $30 for me. I'm like, no, my my uh, flight ticket's probably going to be a little bit more like that. You're, you're oh, driving yeah. up, aren't you? I could. It, it, would be, it wouldn't be too hard to drive right. up there. All yeah, right. I got to think about that. Anyway. The chat has caught up. And so here we go, folks. Here we go. Going to start recording. Focus. Here we go. Going to. Here. It's going to be great. Ooh, fire. This is like a three-year-old sparkler. Let's see if it actually goes. No, it's not. Yeah, it's, it's dead. dead. Here we go. Dead. Oh, hey, no. it's sparkler. Oh. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where's Canada? It's straight in the air. We're both going to be there. We're going to be talking about video games. We're going to be talking about a lot of cool things, a lot of fun stuff. It's going to be awesome. Yes. You should totally spend your time there. You totally guess should. guess what? Guess what? What? It's pretty cheap to go, too. you got to get out there. you got to take a look at this place. It's phenomenal. Where would I go to get more information, Commodore? Combravo.com. Oh, yes. So July 26th through 28th in Burlington, Ontario. We'll be there. A bunch of other folks will be there. Retro TV. It'll be awesome. We're so many people, it's, it's like disgusting. Go check it out on combravo.com. Find out all the people that are going to be here. It's going to be an amazing event. The, the, you should be there. The chat's sure. going crazy. It is Lynn Sanity. We'll it's Lynn Sanity. We'll all day long. See all day long. All Lynn day. All, all weekend. See you there. And maybe Jeremy Lynn will be there. Because God knows where he is, really. None of us know. So maybe he'll be at Con Bravo. I don't know. Good night, Canada. Good night, Canada. <laughs> you got the flag, though? No? Okay. All right, great. That's going to be Good. the most ridiculous promo ever. It is, but it's a promo. And I burn so, myself. Yeah. And, yeah, it's only second degree, so everything's fine. Good. Folks. <laughs> <laughs>
Anyway, uh, thank you so much for spending your time with us tonight. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the stream wasn't terrible. You know, it, didn't, oh, it had a had a couple couple uh, couple moments where we had some some hiccups, but by and large, you know, the uh, the internet connection here in my deep underground facility, uh, secret from the NSA that might or might not be a residence in, uh, held up. And for that, I am so thankful. I'm so thankful for the internets, but obviously thankful for you for being loyal viewers of the Echo Screen Live. We love having you. We love you guys being a part of the show. So thank you all for watching and commenting and uh, putting up with our nonsense. Wait a minute. Is it going to be in Hamilton, Ontario? Where's that? Eh, it's probably near Burlington. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. Venue. Hamilton. It's well, in Hamilton. Just dub over it. It'll I'll just... Fine. It's fine. Yeah, just dub Hamilton, over it. Hamilton, Ontario. Yeah. Hamilton, Ontario. Hamilton, Ontario. Hey, listen. Ontario is the most important part of it's that. It's right next to Burlington. Guys, if you get to... If you get as far as Burlington, you'll find yeah. Hamilton. You can it's walk. Okay. You can practically walk there. Yes. It's, it's, it's not like it's the winter. It's not the Great White North right now. Yeah. Just walk there. Come on. Figure it out. Okay. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, I suddenly Thanks, feel the, yeah. I suddenly feel the compelling urge that we should probably close the program. That sounds good. Um, not that you know, firing up a promotional video wasn't fun. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is, thank you all for watching, and thank you for being a part of the Echo Screen Live here at the Clan of the Gray Wolf. I am the Commodore. Ding ding. And thanks. See, you just you nailed that one. Thank you. Uh, and and for the wonderful and and always on time, never Rue. I'd like to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for watching the Echo Screen Live, the official podcast of the Clan of the Gray Wolf. And there is no reset button. Good night, Canada. Good. Go America. Like a feather in his cap and called it macaroni. Did you burn yourself? Are you okay? Ow! Yes. Are you alright? Good. Okay. Go. Did you, bring the, did you bring the water like I told you? Ow! I drank it. Oh. War America, go, go, War America. Go America. No, sing it. Good night, Canada. Thank you so much. <laughs> Still going. <laughs> yeah. Don't burn the house down. Okay.